On that note, wel welcome to the Saturday Night Special of the World According to That Man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. We have a fun show set up for everybody tonight. Uh, we, are live out, we are live out on Rumble, and uh, to the people that are listening via the podcast, you will have to watch Rumble to catch the first scintillating three minutes of this show as we try to get it on. And we are joined tonight from the SimpleLifeNow.com, founding member of the Rush Brigade, Gary Collins. It's always good when you respond, Gary, but yes. Let's it, do it, this. Okay. His silence um, is an answer. And of course. No, I it's great. I think it's great. From it's On great. the Runs with Remzo Martinez. On the Runs. Remzo Martinez. I don't think he looks like he's on the run. No, he's he not, but he does have an amazing Apple. podcast called On the Run with Remzo okay. Martinez. God bless you. Brilliant. And second print comics. And of course, from down under, Miles. I was trying to remember. Uh, Sound Wakeham is his last name. Ma Miles Savage Garden Wakeham from BeUnconstrained.com. I'm sure. I'm sure you're very proud of Savage Garden. I didn't, I didn't mind them. They were right. Nobody liked Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Gary hated them. And of course, the show wouldn't be complete without actor, writer, provocateur, saint, center, lover, father, grandfather, mathematician, statistician. Um, Teacher. What, what else do you want me to... Doctor. Husband. Doctor. But, but that's husband, the, father. Yeah, former exotic dancer. Chiropractor. <laughs> And former shoe salesman Benjamin Jeremy Stein, but osteopathic doctor. surgeon. But do you take Medicaid? No, I don't take any insurance, and I don't have any patients. I don't have any patients either, but I take yes. no patients. So let's get this party started. We are one away <laughs> from having a uh, uh, a non-straight Brady Bunch. Uh, if we had another guest, that would be great. Um, ben Stein. GoFundMe sure. is the name of the title tonight. GoFundMe. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Go, go, unbelievable. Go F you. And um, Ben Stein, I shared with you what uh, what uh, GoFundMe did to the Freedom Truckers. And here to, to the people that are just tuning in, there's this new thing that we call the Ben Stein rule. Now, here's the reality. He brought it up after the um, we got all the hostages out of uh, Kabul that you noticed, Ben said, that none of them were on the nightly news. There were never any, you know, celebrating all the people that we with, that we got out safe, safely and soundly. So I've called it the Ben Stein rule. If I don't see it on a network or TV, I don't believe it to be true. If I don't see people with video evidence. So Ben, they GoFundMe said that, that they cut uh, back the funding on their GoFundMe first they were just going to take repatriate the money and give it as donations until DeSantis today came and said that's against the law. We're going to sue you for fraud. But they said it was because they were hostile and violent. Ben Stein rule. Have you seen one trucker? Yeah, be it's hostile. An amazing thing. Of course, of course, it's exactly the same as fraud after fraud after fraud that's been coming up in the last five or six years. We never saw any uh, attacks by the so-called rioters on the January 6th demonstration. Uh, we saw them walking indoors or being held open by Capitol policemen. We didn't see them stabbing anyone or setting fires. Uh, we didn't see any, 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 any evidence whatsoever of collusion between uh, Trump and the Russian leaders, any, any at all. 
we, we were told, as, as Judah just kindly mentioned, uh, that there were six or 7,000, maybe 8,000, maybe 100,000 uh, Afghans who had, we had gotten out, rescued from Afghanistan as the uh, terrorists took over the country. And uh, we didn't see a single one on TV, not one. Now, question, could there really have been that many brought back excuse me, to America without us seeing any of them? Similarly, uh, the truckers are being told that they cannot raise money and they cannot go to certain large parts of uh, metropolitan Canada because they're too violent. Not one scene of violence by these gentlemen, not one at all. Something's desperately wrong here. There's, we have now reached a stage of full Orwellian nightmare. You know, you raise a great point, and Gary, if you type in, it, it, everybody knows when something is trending. It, oh. you, all you would need to do is type in the first three letters of something, and if that, it, 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 that, that would be the first thing. So I beg everybody, clear your Google search cache, cache or however you pronounce it, cache, cache, and, cache, and type cache. in Freedom Convoy. It doesn't come up until the CO. And, and, and that says so much, Gary, about what's going on. You haven't seen any violence and you have these absolute power, absolute corrupt organizations like GoFundMe that are, it, 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 as Ben said, it's Orwellian. It's frightening to even talk about this. Well, the thing is that this convoy is massive. The crowds are huge and no one knows about it. If you were to talk to any person watching CNN, MSNBC, uh, no one would, they, they would not know. They'd have no idea that there's well, a convoy. And if they did, they think it, is, it was three redneck uh, racists yeah, right. eating on black people in the middle right, of the street. Right. That's they what would, they think it is. They would think that it is a, a group of rednecks in the back of a, a, a old, outdated pickup truck waving Confederate flags and trying to run over African-American people or African-Canadian people. Uh, they would have no idea of what was going on. Uh, but we, what we do know is there's a, yet another very successful attempt to suppress free speech in a country to our north, which I think all of us had thought was a serious bastion of Anglo-American uh, principles of free speech and freedom of expression. Miles, yeah. when, you type in, when you type in freedom and you type in the letter C, the first thing that comes up is Freedom Church, not Freedom Convoy, but Freedom Church, that's how much I had to type in to get the Freedom Convoy. Now, you being the tech genius that you are, you know you know tech from all angles, uh, from searches to processing, it, a statistical impossibility, Miles. I only use Brave and I only use DuckDuckGo as my search engine. I mean, this is why. Number two. It's, yeah, this is why. Because Google will poison and pollute any search results to skew any way they want. They have since the dawn of time. I haven't trusted them for, for decades. And I would suggest to anybody they do the same. Remzo, I go to you because I want you to explain to people also because you're, you, 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 you run sites and you, you about how important this is. Facebook, first of all, banned them, banned them also at the same time yesterday. But how impossible it is and I was explaining this to Ben, to get these people donations. They are literally every step of the way preventing people from getting these desperately needed donations because you can't, there's no loopholes. The very first thing that happened after 
parlor was removed from the Amazon servers in January of 2021 was that they lost all their banking access. They lost all access to their payment processors. Wow. Um, wow. The ability wow. to have access to your money and to be able to exchange your money. I think we take it for granted, especially when you look at the number of unbanked people in the world, primarily in parts of um, you know East Asia and, and Africa, where they don't have access to, ba to basic banking capabilities. They can't get a credit card. They can't, op they can't open up a checking your savings account. They can't go apply for loans and things like that. You imagine what you do when you don't have the ability to engage in basic commerce here in the United States, and that creates a horrifying reality. And what GoFundMe has done, they, they've done this on multiple occasions. They did this in the case of Kyle Rittenhouse, in which the first thing they did was they went ahead and removed all the GoFundMe campaigns for his legal funds, and they went ahead and said that they were going to remove it permanently. And then what they did was they actively promoted the legal defense and memorial services for the two men who were killed in Kenosha. Um, they, they actively do this, and they do it with a smile on their face. And if anything... Uh, we, we've talked about it off and on over the past year and a half, but you know whether you love it or not, I think this is a great case for Bitcoin. No one can stop. I said flow. this to Ben on the drive today. This is a perfect example of of with donations as far as Bitcoin being used as a, a currency to bypass being blocked by these processing services. Miles, explain to Ben what DuckDuckGo is because it is trending on DuckDuckGo. Oh, well, DuckDuckGo is kind of a, uh, a a way to get Google search results that aren't poisoned by Google. In effect, it's its own alternative search engine, but in fact, it's actually a, a layer that sits above the Google engine. So you don't miss anything out, but you don't get all your results kind of poisoned and reordered and re-scattered around because Google prefers that way. So, Ben, I want to go to you. This is why people hate Republicans. This is why Republicans hate Republicans from the rooftops. Yes, you had DeSantis today, but 50 Mitch McConnell and the 49 other Republican senators should have been again. Screaming bloody murder. That, that, that's exactly right. And going into the midterms in other case that could be used for Republicans about breaking up this oligarchy of Orwellian business, um, however you want to dictator, say it. I mean, well, what we now have is a secret police of uh, media that is in there, just like uh, O'Brien and the Thought Police were in there in 1984. It is terrifying. Uh, to, if you can pick up uh, 1984, you can get it on Amazon or anywhere else you want and read it. It is just amazing. It's, a, it's as if it's a, a guidebook to how to create a nightmare dictatorship. And uh, the uh, left in America is following it to the letter and it's working incredibly well for them. No, you're, you're incredibly right. I want to go to Miles and Gary, the Remsa, but Miles, if this were, this is barely being covered at all in the American news. It's not being at all being covered in the Canadian news. Now I want you to explain to them What's going on in Australia that's not being shown? A shudder to think. On, on to a, think. With, with the basic, you know, the camps yeah. for, 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 for the unvaccinated and uh, not being reported at all, Miles. No, and this is, it, you're absolutely right. I have, I'm in regular contact, like daily contact with friends and family in Australia. And when I tell them the things that I'm seeing 
from the alternative press of actual people with actual phones taking video of people being stomped on, beaten up, you know, SWAT uh, crews that look more like armored tank battalions coming into towns. And they say, oh, yeah, we heard something about that, but we've seen nothing on the news about it. Everything is whitewashed. The news is in league with those that don't want these messages heard. The worst example I've seen is the ABC Australian News on this. I don't doubt the CBC in Canada is doing exactly the same thing. Ben is 100% right. They have taken 1984 as if it was a protocol, an SOP, and they follow it to the letter, and it's disgusting. Yeah, it's a brilliant and, and what point. Are, what are, thank, thank, God bless you. What are we doing about it? We're, we're, we're here talking about it. I'm way, way out of, out of town in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I don't I don't know where Gary is and he's off the track or Ramzo. I'm not, I think you're in, well, I won't say where you are. Miles, I'm not sure where you are. Jude, I know very well where you are. Um, what We can only speak out about it, but uh, it is incredibly important to speak out about it. It's incredibly important to say what's going on and to say how we are being deprived of our civil rights. What is happening is that in the media today, here in America, uh, there's wow, wow, lollapalooza, lollapalooza of information about a, a big uptick in jobs numbers, and that's great. We're happy to see it, but I think that those numbers fluctuate month by month. But to lose a big chunk of our constitutional rights, that's a much bigger number. That's a very, very much more important number than how many people are employed from one week to the next. No, it, it, it's extremely well said. And Gary, we uh, we are going through some, uh, you know, the, the, just these or, or there's both the Ben and, and uh, Miles have said these Orwellian times and it's fighting back is not it, it's very hard to fight back without leaders. And right now there are no leaders. Well, and you guys know I'm no fans, uh, no fan of the Republicans, and there's good reason why. It's because that's why they don't fight. They sit and talk. I want fighters. I want people to stand up for freedom and do something. Well, what you, like Gary, you're a super practical person. You've learned to live off the grid. What do you want them to do? What do you want us to do? I'm an old man. There's certain limits on what I can do. But what do you want us to do? My wife's a, uh, an older woman, but not older than I am. She's much younger than I am and looks much, much younger than I do. What do you want us to do? Well, that's the thing. Think. We're doing our part. You know, we're just small, you know, small people in a big world. We got our podcast. We get the information out. Miles is on my show. Ramzo's on my show. You're on my show. Everyone's on my show. Judah's on my show. I'm on your show. We talk about all these things. And I can't believe that DeSantis is the only voice half the time. Everyone's, you know, I, I love Rand Paul, but I, I haven't heard a whole lot from him on this. And I know it's one thing. Rand Paul is on one. Rand Paul is on one thing. He's on Mission Barry Fauci. That is uh, Remzo. Hey, what Rand, that. that is what Rand Paul's sole mission is. And Remzo, you, I, I, listen, I know you're, you're not a party guy. And at this point, I'm not a party guy. But I'd like to have a little bit of a party, Remzo. And we party, have party. And, and, and there is literally zero party, Remzo, screaming from the from 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 everywhere they can be today. Uh, that it's just insane. We 
You know, we, we often talk about 1984. We've been throwing around the term Orwellian. I used to believe that we were turning into 1984 overnight over the last decade. I, I don't think I necessarily believe that anymore. I think we've gone into a different book. I think we're living in a brave new world where we have access to all the technology. We have access to all the information. We, we're, we're in a sea of knowledge, but we're drowning in ignorance by choice. Oh, and what very we good. Have, That's very good. Very good. And what we have is something that I, I deeply feared. Um, we, what we have is we have a parallel economy. We have an economy where liberals go ahead and give their money to, and they support those businesses. And sadly, conservatives have the same exact thing where it's like, oh, is my bank you know, good with me on my politics? Is this store, is this clothing brand? I mean, it, it's a horrible time when I have to think, huh, is this company I'm supportive actively trying to make my life better or worse? But that's what we're turning into. I mean, it's why we're on Rumble, because we remember what YouTube did when you tried to talk about the, the vaccine numbers uh, about a year ago, Ben. Um, it, it's why we're here. It's why social media companies, it's why new payment processors have, come, have had to come out. It's had to come out out of necessity for the worst reasons. And it's because, you know, a lot of people are choosing to live within the slave mind where Google isn't going after them. The news isn't going after them. So why should they care about what's happening to this to these mean conservatives and crazy right wingers that they're being told want to go ahead and destroy the world? That That's the that's the type of environment we're living in. And, yeah. you know, it, it's going to have to come to the point where people have to take small and direct decisions in their own lives in terms of how to go ahead and increase that influence. I, I spent this, uh, the last couple of days I've, I've invested in a local business in Mil in the Milwaukee area where now I'm, I'm a part owner of it. I don't want to get into details for well, many Well, then why reasons. would you bring it up? Because I, what I want to bring up is the fact that if I want to go ahead and start having influence in my community, if I want to go ahead and actually start building up organizations and businesses, you know, we have to be there. Republicans, you know, and I'll use libertarians as an example. I think libertarians failed America the last couple of years. I mean, all the libertarians were online talking about everything that was happening, but you know where they were not? They were not in the boardroom. They weren't in the city council offices. They weren't in the state legislature. They weren't in Congress. They weren't in the White House. Libertarians were nowhere because they had no wealth, power, influence because they spent too much time on Twitter. And sadly, conservatives are already late to the party. Like the damage is being done and we're trying to figure out how to put out the fire. But the thing is, it's going to have to start in some way. We have to take back our own neighborhoods before we can take back America. It's very well, it's very well said, Ben Stein. And uh, that, uh, you know, you know the, this parallel economy, this parallel universe that we're forced to live in, not because out of choice, uh, there isn't anybody that says, wakes up in the morning and says, you know, I, I don't want to have to use GoFundMe. I don't want to have to use these resources, but I am sort of forced to right now. That's a very scary very place. Scary. To... Well, this is why, uh, if I may, I'll put in a plug for this, even though I don't get paid for doing the show or anything I do on this, on this uh, wonderful, wonderful program. Uh, we're going to start having a show tomorrow night uh, about financing, finance and about making money and what you do with it once you've made it. And, uh, one of the things I want people to have money for is so that they will be financially independent so they not, are not dependent on their boss uh, or their company uh, who can just squash them like a bug. Excuse me, as my friend Phil DeMuth says, squash them like a bug anytime they feel like it. We want to have a uh, an America where people who ha have some independence 
so they can speak their minds, say their minds, demonstrate, pray, march, and uh, be like the early civil rights demonstrators without having to worry that it's going to cost them their jobs and they won't be able to pay their mortgages or their car payments and they're going to go broke. So that's, we're, we're very, very eager, if I may say this, we're very, very eager that uh, we be, uh, we be financially independent to the point where we can speak our minds without being in a state of terror. I recently uh, had a very, very good, thing, incredibly lucky thing happen to me, beyond, be almost beyond belief in terms of money. And uh, that has greatly opened my mouth. And if more people can have things like that happen to them, I think we see more talking. Miles, first of all, perfectly, brilliantly said, and everybody, like I said, is welcome on the panel tomorrow night um, and just to ask Ben questions because I'm sure everybody does. And Miles and Gary, this is huge things you're advocates for. But Miles, as, 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 as Ben was uh, speaking about financial, uh, it's amazing how as a country, we're always like we should be financially. Everybody's always worried about our, our, you know, our debt, but nobody ever talks to people about their debt and about being financially on their own. Because if people are financially stable, they're not slaves to the system. Absolutely, crucially important, incredibly, unbelievably important. If I may use another example from my own humble life, my father was a very hardworking man. His father had been a skilled tool and die maker at Ford Motor and then at GE. and. Uh, uh, he, my, my father had been very frugal and had done some good investing. He had entrusted some of his uh, assets to the care of Warren Edward Buffett and uh, had done well with that. And uh, so he could speak any goddamn thing he wanted and not have to worry about being thrown out on the street. And that would be a very, very good position for us to be in. Yeah. And Miles, it's amazing. Miles, it's amazing how this is not taught because if you don't need them, then they're screwed, Miles. I came to this country because of exactly what Ben just said, that utopian vision about freedom of speech, freedom of thought, not being a slave. Uh, I came here for that. When I didn't find it, I had to seek it out on my own. I, I Thankfully, I found it by doing exactly the polar opposite of what everyone else was doing. And I got my rewards for doing that. Having said that, what I see now is a country of debt enslaved people. Debt is the killer, the evil of all of this, because when you have debt and you've sold your future out, you've given up your freedom willingly. And we do not have a culture, a, a teaching at any level, which teaches children, teenagers, 20 year olds and so on, the danger of debt. In fact, we have the polar opposite. We enslave them to student loan contracts. Absolutely, and absolutely, 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 absolutely. So, absolutely. so tune in tomorrow night because we're going to help people with this. Gary Collins, you just bought your fulfillment center. Now, I want you to explain to people what that means and why that's so important. What is that, sir? Well, here's the thing about the simple life and what I do. It's the second leg of the three-legged stool of the simple life. And it's all based upon finding your individual freedom and regaining it what you've willingly given away to big, big corporations, big finance and big government. It is uh, being debt free, financial freedom by being debt free. That's what I teach. I teach it big time. I've lived it. I've done it. I no, come but, from nothing. 
I've been in debt. But explain you, what the fulfillment center is. But no, no I'd that, say that because that's a big part of what I teach all the time. But the fulfillment center is where I've been shipping out of where I made an arrangement with a small town uh, family owned business who's been fulfilling my uh, all my products that are on my website, all my books that I, I control myself. Uh, they're sold everywhere, but I control them. Um, that I bought it. Me and a partner went in and we bought it. And it just so happens to be the same family who does my fulfillment. He's a part of that family. He's been doing my shipping for two years now. So as a partnership, I'm taking over more. As people are losing their businesses, I'm jumping in because we need these businesses. And I I advocate for anyone out there to start their own small business. And me and me and Miles just had a two-hour conversation on podcast about this. It's coming out next week that it doesn't matter if you're not going to make a living off it. You have to get outside of that mindset right away. What you need to do is start that business while you have a job and you can get paid to learn and get more experience to run your own business. But businesses are a risk. You have to realize you just need to open that business and that business has to provide a service to all the other freedom loving people in this country. That's the only way we keep this thing going. They're crushing small business America. Well, America was made and built on small business America. We're done. If those small businesses go away and don't come back, get that Amazon and Walmart schmock out, schmock out because that's what you're going to be wearing. Extremely well said. And Remzo, thank you for your soliloquy before because that got this whole ball in motion. See, you did it. You're, 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 you're pretty amazing, Remzo. Just a man of the people. You, you're, namaste. Um, and if you just tuned in, you are listening to the Saturday Night Special of That Man, The World According to Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Remzo, why don't you tell people where they could find us? Each time you leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you can find us across Al Gore's amazing internet, um, the, the fat dude from CNN sheds a tear. Not a pound, but a tear. So make sure to go ahead and subscribe to the show on all these platforms. And remember, when in doubt, benstein.substack.com. That's benstein.substack.com. Brian Seltzer, that's his name. (laughs) By the way, Ben, I had to go get this. This is probably my fifth copy in my life. The first time I read it was was eighth grade in Lone Pine Elementary. So and I love that and name. You, and you and you had damn good reason to read it in Lone Pine because the government of Los Angeles had stolen your Stole water, water and killed right. your crops and killed the livelihoods of just about everybody up there. Lush farmland into a high desert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's it's sort of amazing. I've been blessed, you know, like to be able to hang out and you know be around Ben for God knows how many years. And um, I've gotten the education that wasn't taught educationally. And Ben, people often say, you know, history, history is written by the victor, by the victors or the winners. And I often say academe, as you would say, or academia, as some would say, uh, they are the winners, the left won academia or academe. So they've written the history books. Uh, the media for won. now for now the media won so they've won the culture wars and that for leads now. into the next subject of uh of i've said this a week ago and it, it, somebody had responded being against what joe rogan has done has nothing to do i am so grateful for joe rogan that he managed and his work and has made a ton of money and he's sold a product that he, whatever his product has been 
but the second he allowed his company to that he that that he had you know uh, that to put a content advisory on his um, his show, they they then took down seventy episodes yesterday. He then got into trouble for old video taken out of contest of him using the N word twenty four times with zero context, and he had to apologize today. And in the twelve step world, Ben, we have a, 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 a saying that says half measures availed us nothing. There is no turning point. There is no there is no half apologizing to these savages. What he did is begging a rapist not to rape you. They're gonna rape you. Uh, not they, to rape you again. Again, or right, or they might wait a little while. They might torture you, but eventually you're getting raped. And Joe Rogan. R. Kelly. <laughs> or what? R. Kelly. R. Kelly. <laughs> but Ben, uh, uh, it, this this and this thing, this capitulation, and you have to look at President Trump and say. He didn't beg Twitter to allow him back. He didn't allow, beg Facebook. He took it, figure, is figuring out his own means of getting his message across. But what this, what the Rogan experience, which it's what it's called, is, is basically he totally capitulated and screwed everybody over at the same time. Well, very unfortunate and uh, a lesson learned about, uh, as you say, capitulating the rapist and saying the rapist, go ahead, uh, but please don't do it too many. Don't do it too many times. I mean, it's uh, we we have got to be a little bit more persuasive and and persistent than that, and we have to keep speaking the truth. You know, it's interesting. I I am an old man. I'm by far the oldest person on this panel, but I have a lot of young friends, and I tell them stories about how America works and how close we have come in the past to losing our freedoms, and how close we are now to losing our freedoms. And these people don't know a darn thing about it. And I, I, for example, I was watching a, a very, very interesting about a documentary about the Korean War uh, last night. A very, it had been, I think, on originally on PBS. I'm not sure. I think it was on PBS. And uh, very, very interesting. And the Korean War was a war that's a very bloody, awful war. My wife's uncle was a tremendous hero in it. It's been in Cho, at the Chosen Reservoir. I'm sure. I'm sure Gary and Miles and Remso know all about it. And, uh, and and I was talking to this incredibly smart person, my wife, uh, about it. And uh, she, even my wife, a really, 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 really smart person, knew very little about it. Why? Because the media does not tell us that we were sold down the river by the State Department of the United States under Dean Acheson and came very close to losing all of Asia to the communists, not just China, which is plenty big enough, but we very, came very close to losing Formosa, Taiwan. It was incredibly close. It was just almost an accident. just happened to be that the U.S. 6th Fleet or 7th Fleet, I forget what it's called, was having me sailing en route to Korea and passed through the Taiwan Straits. And the Mao Zedong said, oh, America's getting ready to bomb us. We better not invade Formosa right away or Taiwan right away. Otherwise, we would have lost Taiwan and we would have lost everything in Southeast Asia immediately. We came that close. It was, it was amazing. People don't even know about it. Even my wife, one of the smartest people I have ever known in my life, uncle, gigantic warrior in Korea, didn't know about it. And if she doesn't know about it, what aren't American young people being taught? But Ben, as, as we've discussed on the show before, you and I both being Jews, how many Jews know about Nixon saving Israel? 
And uh, again, to the victors go the spoils, and we didn't get the spoils. But Miles, I I go to you. This has nothing to do with, listen, Joe Rogan is who he is. He's a very Glenn Beck type character. He's a very snake oil type salesman. He'll pretty much have anybody on. I don't care about his content. I don't care. I'm happy with the money he's made. I like news radio. I don't watch the UFC. But how stupid do you have to be at this moment in time to not realize it doesn't matter the apology they're coming for you or the i mean what more do people need to realize that apologies don't work right well short memories too that's the other problem here this guy sold his podcast to spotify he accepted the overlord and now the overlord says there are conditions and he has the choice of whether or not he exits or he stays he chooses to stay and apologize. I don't know where this problem okay. began. Can we I- back up just a second here? Yeah. Miles and all the other nice people on this platform, on this, on this panel. What I still don't understand what he did wrong that people are so mad about. What did he do For, wrong? First of all, he did what we did on YouTube. He had doctors who had differing opinions right, than right, Dr. Right. Fauci. That is exactly uh, what 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 uh, Joe Rogan did wrong. That's exactly yeah. what he did wrong to the Spotify people. But right. Gary, what he did wrong to the people in the podcast stratosphere is he made it that every one of us now is 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 susceptible to getting content advisories by speaking out. Well, that's the short memory, uh, Joe Rogan would remember this for sure, is there was this woman named Tipper Gore who actually put parent parental advisories on certain rock and rap albums or albums period that had... What almost she, all of them, yeah. Almost, it ended up being almost all of them that they felt was obscene content or whatever. It was, no one knew the definition. Well, I'll tell you what, the bands I liked went and fought like hell to get those things taken off and they stood their ground. Joe Rogan didn't only stand his ground. He apologized for it and said, huh, so too bad. He didn't even address it. Well, cause it doesn't hurt him. It's screwing us. The rest of the people who no. didn't get a hundred million dollars, people who have to feed their families off those podcasts and their sponsors. Now those podcasts get taken down. There's been thousands of podcasts taken down after Joe Rogan crumpled like a wet blanket. The yep, guy yep, yep. is a coward, an absolute coward. No, that was per- pathetic. No, you're perfectly said. And Remzo, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 <laughs> You know, it's sort of like I say, where we've discussed on the show and, you know, we're going to discuss tomorrow night with inflation. Almost every problem that we're having in this country and around the world could have been solved with, as Ben so says, with one word, frack. And Joe Rogan is in this mess. All he had to do was pull a Chappelle and say, my fans love me. They'll stick with me. Screw you. My fans love. I'm sorry. I, I, I. My friends love me, my, my, you know, my, my, the people that I have supporters, they'll stick with me like they have with Chappelle. Screw you, Remzo. And he couldn't do that. It just such, he's, this mess is his own making and his demise will be of his own making, Remzo. Well, but he'll be, he'll be, ter- he'll be terribly, terribly rich. But for the rest of us, 
we're left here uh, cleaning our own dishes and so forth and uh, wondering what on earth happened. And uh, it's, it's, it's a very sad thing to lose, excuse me, a bigger part of freedom of expression over what is in, in the long run a trivial sum of money. Yeah, and, and Remzo, I know you're here, a rock, um, the rock who came out and supported him now that he found out that Joe Rogan used the N-word is like, I didn't know. And he's able to sort of get out of this whole situation that he, he too caused on himself by interjecting into getting blasted, Remzo. Listen, I'm just a big Fast and Furious fan. Yeah, it's if okay you if you have man love for The Rock, okay? <laughs> so you like bad movies, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we established that. All my... I don't even hide from it anymore. All my favorite. I watched On Her Majesty's Secret Service last night. Okay, it's a brilliant I, movie. I I know, but people hate George Lazenby, uh, and it, I think they, they, I think they, he was so good. He was that. amazing in it, and people love to hate. It's like go. Ben knows this very well. It's it, it, On Her Majesty's Secret Service was one of my favorite Bond movies. People love to hate on Lazenby because it's easy. One person said they hated him, then everybody had to say they hated him. I'm right on board with you on the Lazenby uh, thing. I my my day is so much better. Lazenby deserves <laughs> so much more praise for that movie. Um, what were we talking? All right, we're, but, we're talking about something well, else. Here's something. Oh, yeah. And here's just something, so you know, can I bring this up real quick? Yeah. Go ahead, here's Gary. the, here's the no. Here's the irony of this whole thing, real quick. In a nutshell, he's really good friends with Dave Chappelle, who stood his ground. Yeah. Is, did Dave Chappelle not call him up and go, hey, hey, dummy, put down the joint and pay attention for five seconds. I, Don't I, apologize. I, and not only that, but The Rock is good friends with this guy called Kevin Hart, who has used the N-word a lot, probably tens of thousands. And, and of who time. got banned from the Oscars. Yeah. And, and, and Ben, I want to go to you because, and me. I want you to give these people a, a brief his a, a brief thing of your life because you've stood your ground and the pain that i want you to share that the, the pain the isolation that comes with it but first i just want people to know george lazenby didn't get fired from bond he, he was quit. In, he was an idiot that didn't sign a three-picture deal and ended up doing like you know boobs of the night in the late 80s but ben um what we're talking about you've written you've been intellectually honest and it's hurt. When you did Expelled, it hurt. Oh, you've boy. Written, you've written pieces that have hurt. You've written movies that you didn't get credit for. And and what, how did you get, I want to, because people, as much as, as much as we're talking about people need to learn financial responsibility, people need to know what it, what fortitude, if you could impart on people, what that took. Well, first of all, it's important to import two people, impart two people. Thank you, Mrs. Levitt. But the uh, uh, I'm complimenting well, you. Can't I know. You just... Thank you, MF. Yeah. Uh, I am. You know, I happen to be married to the world's most wonderful wife. Uh, she's a saint. She's a goddess. I happen to have an incredibly loyal, supportive father. He passed away a number of years ago, but he was loyal and supportive in a gigantic way. Uh, I've had many, many loyal, supportive friends, and they've been incredibly important to me. But yes, I've been called all kinds of names, and the, the worst was some horribly unwell person who called, who, because I pointed out that Adolf Hitler was a very strict Darwinian, uh, called me a, a, a Holocaust denier, which was just insanely insulting and horrible. And uh, the, the person who said that uh, really must have not been feeling particularly well when he did that. Uh, and, and yes, it does hurt, and it's very upsetting. But I will tell you what, 
I step back and I'm going to tell you a story that I've shared with Judah on many, many occasions. My father, God rest his soul, a saintly, wonderful, courageous man, went to the best small college in America, Williams College. He was very, very hard up when he went there. It was a depression. His father didn't have a job. And uh, he uh, worked his way through in part by washing dishes at a fraternity house that, of course, did not admit Jews because that's what all fraternity houses were in those days. And I asked him, and, and one of the members of that fraternity was Mr. Helms, Dick Helms, who became head of the CIA. And he and Mr. Helms became great friends, even though Mr. Helms was from a rich family and, and anyway, had, had no room for Jews in his club. But uh, I said to my father many years later, many, many years later, how did it feel uh, being in that situation? Did you feel furiously angry? And he said, oh, no, very far from it. He said, I felt I was incredibly lucky to be able to have a job to help feed myself and support myself while America was going through the worst industrial depression of all time. And I felt nothing but gratitude to Williams and to America. And I back up now and I say, let's look at the big picture, which is, yes, we may be uh, criticized, we may be called terrible names, but we're fighting for America. We are fighting for the greatest invention of mankind, the United States of America, the greatest thing that man has ever created. If we get yelled at, if part of the price for fighting for American freedom and freedom of speech, which is the essence of America, is to be fired or called names or be called a Holocaust denier or be, or be called any kind of other idiotic names that people choose to call us, we'll cheerfully take that if we can, if you'll just let us fight a little bit for America, because America is worth fighting for, it's worth anything, it's worth anything. Brilliantly said, and that always, thank you for imparting that, and I, you know, you know, you know my, um, for your father, and for my father, and, um, but I love, uh, I, I just love that story, it's one of my favorite stories of endurance, and I love it when Gary hears it, he's shaking, you know, and it, it, it gives me the chills. And as uh, the next thing I want to go to, though, Miles, as Ben is sharing this, and we discussed this before the show, one of my favorite bands is from Australia. I'm not just saying that to appease you, um, but is Midnight Oil. And the thing I uh, in Forgotten Years is one of my favorite songs. Midnight Oil, they're from Australia? Yes, they are. And um, uh, huh. and uh, are you joking? I can't tell if you're joking or not. No, I know In Excess was from Australia. I knew Men at Work was from Australia. Uh, ACDC. Have, yeah, they have quite a few. No, yeah, Keith they have, Urban. They have, they have quite a few uh, bands. But, uh, Miles, uh, it, it, what, I think what bothers me more about this Spotify thing isn't the Rogan aspect. It's the musicians leaving. And the reason I bring up Midnight Oil is because you might not have always agreed with their politics, but they were anti-war. They spoke about the aborigines. They Aborigines, um, thank you. I got the, corrected myself before you got there, Miss Lovett. And they they spoke about all that stuff. And and it, music used to be about supposedly it was it was a, a political message. Oftentimes, mm -hmm. the political message now is it's amazing that it's Neil Young and it's these people in the seventies, these radical jackasses that were so against the government are so pro-conformity right now, Miles. Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, it, it's funny you should say that because, I mean, 
Midnight Oil went to extreme lengths to actually flip because in the end, the lead singer, Peter Garrett, became a politician. Yeah. And, and so he it completely flipped into the other sphere. But it's, it's very interesting you say that. I saw a wonderful documentary movie uh, a week ago called Underground Inc. And if you've ever want, if you're a music fan, you would love this movie. It's about the rise of the underground uh, bands in the early 90s who came out of the same sort of background that the Seattle grunge scene had, but in all over the country and all over the world for that matter, and how they were destroyed by economics and how they couldn't survive and they couldn't get there unless they took a record deal and sold their soul out. And this documentary covers uh, probably 20 different bands, many of them you'd probably know, who, uh, who some went through and became mainstream artists and sold out. And then that was the end of the, the, the edge they had, the, the, the angst they had. And the ones that didn't, they ended up just dying a natural death because they just could not survive. And I think that when economics plays its role in terms of the longevity of art, then it takes a financially free independent artist to be able to usurp it. And let's face it, artists are known to be starving artists, not rich. So therefore, we, we, it's, it, it's going to die a natural death anyway. I feel sorry for bands that went out there and put their politics out there on front right in the early days. Rage Against the Machine did it. Midnight Oil did it. So many did it. And then we find out later on that they sold that out. They're all a bunch of frauds. And, exactly. and, and, and Gary, it's like, you're, you know, that's what we love about Neil Peart and that's what we love about Rush is they never sold out. They, uh, they you know, they, they pretty much every lyric was based on an Ayn Rand book, Ayn Rand, however people want to pronounce it. But Gary, it's so, it's so heartbreaking. It's, it's so, like, where are the CCRs? Like, Fogarty, speak the fuck up. You had no problem going against the, the Vietnam War and claiming you were from the South, in a sense, because everybody assumed they were from the South and not Northern California. Speak your damn minds. Come on. Well, that was uh, why I love Drush so much, is their, their album, 2112, was actually a in your face to the music industry because their last record didn't sell very well. And this was a make or break album. And they said, you need to write shorter songs that are hits. So they turned around and wrote a sci-fi opera basically, and had a nine and a half minute song on there and basically said, screw all of you. And they never shared any of the music till they gave the, the master tape in and said, here you go, have fun. And all the mucky mucks hated it. They wanted to get rid of them. They put it out and it was a massive hit that threw them into a totally different trajectory. And guess who never messed with them ever again and gave them free license to do whatever they wanted. Those same executives. They said, all right, go ahead. That's exactly right. And Ben, people don't realize that was very John Hughes. That was that, that, that was that was John Hughes. He made the movies he wanted. He, he probably made them when he wanted. And he did all of those things. And it's so hard, you know, and I saw you shaking my, your head. No, I'm not shaking my head. No, 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 that. yes. When, I mean, there's uh, no. so many, pe- so few people on the level of genius that John Hughes. I no, no, I was referring to the musicians being the ones to leave Spotify, being the most incredible thing. It's like you guys, where are the musicians singing out against Fauci? Where are uh, they? 
where are the musicians that are singing out about all these things that they they thought were so in vogue to sing about anti-war anti what about anti-mandate other than kid rock there are very few uh people ben and it's a very scary time that we don't have the arts to well, play yeah. have a level we, playing field we, <laughs> i hate to say this to you my dear friend we haven't had the arts with us for quite a long time. I got to say, as a kid from the 80s, Ben, as a child of the 80s, and that's a long time ago at this point. I'm getting old. We, <laughs> we, had, we, we still had movies. We still had movies in the 80s that were good versus evil. We still had great music. We still had a lot of great stuff and fun times, Ben. It's not that long ago. Okay, well, to me, it seems like a long time ago. I don't want to think it's that long ago because then I'm really old. But God bless you, you're not old. You're very, very, very much not old at all. Uh, I I don't count on artists to do much for us one way or the other. Uh, I do count on people in the media. uh, What I keep thinking is, where are the people in the news media? Where where are the people in the news media speaking up for uh, freedom? Uh, the way I think Bob Bartley would have spoken up for it, uh, were he still living and were he still editor. Tell people who are Bob, Bob Bartley. Bob Bartley was uh, the uh, genius uh, editor of the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal, who turned that page from an important, but by no means screamingly important uh, organ to a, a very, very powerful organ in favor of free speech and freedom generally. And uh, he, he uh, was uh, very much uh, lambasted for this but uh, became uh, a real serious voice for freedom and uh, was not afraid to take on anyone. I'm sorry to say he was not a big supporter of Richard Nixon, which I think was a big mistake on his part, but uh, he was otherwise a very, very great man. Uh, and Remzo, what about you? I mean, you're of the younger generation. I can't think of, and somebody in the rants, and I am reading the rants, and somebody, even in the 90s, we still had a, a modicum of, uh, of, of, good art music wise and certain things I and mean, this is all generational but remza what happened i mean you're you're a, you're a millennial you you're raised with some of the worst sci-fi you're not even a millennial right yeah yeah i am but you're raised with the worst sci-fi i've whoa, ever whoa, seen whoa, 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 whoa. what what do you consider the worst sci-fi Star everything Wars after that's the first three movies. every okay, tv yeah, show on the wb or whatever it's considered yeah, um bad. every star trek movie that's strong that's reeks of liberalism of wokeism of of every the one where they save the whale or the good one from 2009 we're not that was the last good one by the way that was good that, that was the last good one but everything since and sci-fi always been to me was the great equalizer because i grew up loving rod serling and i always thought and i've brought this up so many times he gave you a picture and he let you draw your own conclusions and writers today give you the conclusion and then <laughs> you write the picture yourself i have no idea about uh, I, what, I, what I see uh, on the very, very rare occasions when I either go to a movie or watch television is just the same Marxist standard of values that one always sees. The businessman is always the villain. The working man is always the hero. If it has any connection with the military whatsoever, the high officers are always criminals and secret fascists. Uh, the l- lowest uh, possible enlisted man is always the hero. Uh, white people are always the villain. Black people are always the heroes. Uh, women are always the villains, unless they're are always heroes, unless they're rich women, and then they're always villains. Uh, the the uh, standard playbook 
of uh, who is good and who is bad is extremely rigidly taken from Marxian analysis of, of culture. And by the way, when Marx wrote uh, the Communist Manifesto, he added several paragraphs about how the uh, media was going to be marked by class analysis forever. And he's, he's been right so far, although forever is a pretty long time. I think the last two movies I saw were uh, that recently came out was the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, and then uh, Matrix uh, Resurrection, which was just uh, objectively the, the new Matrix movie is just absolutely terrible. But I think I could spoil it now. It's been a while, like at least four or five months. But like when they kill James Bond at the end of No Time to Die, that really bothered me because the entire course of the Daniel Craig era of Bond's film, when Bond films, when you go from like 2006's Casino Royale to No Time to Die, which came out last year, is this narrowing of the facts that Bond is a relic of the past. He's running out of time. He's becoming irrelevant. And that when he dies, the world is just going to go on because he was no longer a part of it. He was expendable. Now everything has changed. He's irrelevant. He's a, he's a dinosaur. And it really bothered me because, really, James Bond is, is truly the last great fictional action hero. And when you get rid of him, like, they, they say they're going to make new James Bond movies, but I think they should just stop because you can't kill him and go back on this because what is he going to be now? He's not no, going to be a James woman. Bond. They're talking about making it a woman. He's going to be make a woman, that, a black woman. It's going to be the full spectrum of intersectionality. And uh, as we're closing up shop, the Remzo does raise a great point, Miles. We, we're no longer allowed to have heroes. Heroes are killed. Heroes are woke. Heroes, there's, there's, uh, where's like, you know, and one of my favorite movies, I got to say, it's cheap. It's, it's, I loved when they did the Expendables um, with Stallone and every 80s action guy. And I loved it. And I love the Expendables too. I don't care. I'll watch those movies because that brings me back to the day when it was good versus evil, when men were allowed to be men, Miles. And we can't, we, you know, we, 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 it's sad that, that they're killing James Bond off for, for wokeism. Well, I think all things, you know, it, it, it's a circular thing it'll return back to a point where I think we get back to reality again. And, and I, I fear the same, that it doesn't happen, but I feel like it will. I really do think at some point we will return back to the normal things because at some point you cannot argue with the universal truths of up and down and left and right. And James and Bond is a man. No, yeah. Miles brings Hello, up a great right. Miles, your point is very well taken. And Gary, I don't, I, I want to believe what Miles is saying. I just don't see what Miles is saying for, as Ben often says, in my lifetime. Yeah. It, it, you hope it comes back because this stuff that's out is garbage. What What is truly interesting to me is I, I've become a big fan of uh, the new uh, Croc offshoots of, of Star Wars, Boba Fett, and Mandalorian. They're done very differently than things today. And they're good. And I by mean, the way, might good. I add, so is John Wick. Exceptional movie. If you if you like no plot, I, 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 I just love it. I just violence. I, I love yeah, violence. No, that's what yeah. it is. It's great. I mean, the tactics and everything. I, I just and loved it's it. good. It's and actually really good. As we're closing up shop, I just wanted to, I, Ben, uh, you knowing everything in a lead up to tomorrow night's show about finances. This isn't about finances, though. 
since you seem to know everything. You, the other night, I know is, very, very, very little. For people that were watching the show the other night, Ben mm -hmm. had soup in his apartment from 2014, and we it, we made Ben thank God made the good decision not to eat that Campbell's soup. But bad. there's a lot Although of things Campbell's that I makes a very good soup. There's a lot of things that I have in my apartment sometimes, not a lot, but a few things that I never know, Ben, if they expire, it, it, how long after it's opened, can you still use it? Mm -hmm. So this is the Ask Ben segment of when that condiment in our apartment is too old to use. I go to you first, Remzo, with that question. Throw the soup away, man. No, but what condiment are you? Do you have Remzo it, from ketchup? There's nothing Remzo, you've ever been very, curious about. That's very, very funny, Remzo. That's very, very funny. That's oh, very, very man. funny. I've got, I've got this, this frozen pizza that's been yes. like in the back of my okay, freezer I for almost a year Okay, I want to. I want to taste. Now. I want to taste it. I want to taste it. I want to taste it. Do you like DiGiorno? I want. Yeah, I want to taste it. I want to taste it. I want to taste it. So there you go, Remzo. DiGiorno never, never outlasts his shelf life. What about you, Miles? And I'm referring to condiments. To is there anything that you that you ever like have in your place that you you don't know to throw if, if you should throw it out? For me, it's soy sauce. To just to give people an example, how soy is sauce soy sauce? Very expired? good question. Because soy sauce has should, always has such a pungent smell. Never expires. It doesn't. It doesn't. So soy sauce never expires. I, I don't think it ever expires, or not in my lifetime. Okay, Miles, what about you? Have um, you ever... Anything dairy, I'll walk Oh, that has to go. That has to go, right? But other than that, just cook it longer. Cook it longer. No, 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 no. I would say Diet Pepsi, Diet Coke, Few months after that, garnished. It's gone. It's out. It's out. It's out. It's out. It's out, it's out, it's out. And I just love how somebody in the rant said Biden has outlived his shelf life. Yes, yes uh, and, you know, he Warren, is spoiled by a Warren long Buffett, shot. Yeah, well, Warren Buffett was asked something recently about something having to do with his age, whether he could still run this gigantic, enormous company, gigantic, uh, at his age, and he said he has outlived his depreciable, useful life. Far from it, Mr. Buffett. Far, far, far from it. And I, one of the things I'm going to talk about tomorrow night, if anyone cares to ask, is where, who, who should manage my money, sir? All you have to do is buy one share of Berkshire Hathaway, not the big shares, the small shares, and you have the smartest investor of all time managing your money for free. Very Pelosi. Yeah. <laughs> investor of all time. Perfectly said. And Warren Buffett is your soy sauce. And uh, as 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 we are closing up shop, I want to thank everybody in the rants. I want to thank everybody that's been listening. I want to thank everybody that's going to be downloading this podcast. You've made us number eleven in Iraq, and it's greatly oh, appreciated. Great, great, great. It's it's it, we hey, love it. Who are the other ten? Yeah, what, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we're the other good. 10. I want to know. No, we opened up number one, and uh, I was very honored to be number one in Iraq. I'm honored to be. It, it, it's like we're I always honored. say. Everything, every it's still day a country. Wake. It counts. Yeah, I Every don't day in America that I wake up in America, I'm honored. Remzo, I get to wake up in America. Remzo, why don't you tell people where they can find us? Keep it simple. Keep it sweet. You people know. Benstein.substack.com. That's Benstein.substack.com. Coming to you four days a week. Never miss it. It'll go straight to your inbox.
And thank you. And you could find Gary Collins living somewhere off the grid, but he's really not off the grid. He shops all the time at Walmart and Kmart. And, and, uh, and you could find him at the simplelifenow.com. Uh, he's got an amazing podcast, one that's coming out soon. And just listen, they're great. Gary's great. We love him. And you're more than welcome on tomorrow night for 30 minutes because you could ask as any questions you want to. And the same thing goes for Miles. I promise to have a good answer. And the same goes for Miles because both you and Ben, Miles Wakeham from BeUnconstrained.com. Miles is a big investor in real estate, something Ben believes heavily in through these turbulent times. And he's Miles Wakeham from BeUnconstrained.com. I would love to hear a conversation with you, the two of you about real estate because I got to be honest, Ben, for the most part, real estate it confuses people. Um, it, it's a very confusing More than thing. half of American households on their own. Their own but it, it's still property taxes like we have in California. Oh, well, it, that's... I, I'm just saying you could get into things like that and all the different things that come across, come with owning a home or not owning a home. You, whatever well, you want you to talk know, about. If you, want, if, you want, if you want to own a home, your first step is to be married to Ben Stein. <laughs> or how to live next to Judah. You go to Big Five, get a tent, and camp right on the sidewalk. It's so funny, by the way, just so everybody knows, Gary, I was walking the dog I've been watching for five months yesterday or two days ago, and I, I, I might have sent this picture to Ben too, but I took a picture of my next-door neighbor, the community, which is Ten City uh, via Dick Sporting Good 1978, and I was sending the pictures out and saying, well, welcome to my uh, neighborhood, which is a very nice neighborhood. And uh, they enjoy other, it very much. They, the, the, the homeless community enjoys it very much. And I want to thank everybody that's been listening. Well, the question is, do they poop at the same time as your dog? Do you okay. get, do they poop? Is there synchronized? Yeah, Are you responsible them? for picking up their poop? <laughs> you guys. That's a bigger bag. We're digressing, but I never realized <laughs> That's why we have so many of those green bags. We have tons of those waste basket, you know, for the dogs to yeah. clean them up. I guess they've put more for the people. And on that note, Ben Stein, you can find him at spectator.org. He has a brilliant piece that's going up and a brilliant piece that he just put in. Go to spectator.org, read Ben Stein. And uh, Ben Stein, we'll see everybody tomorrow night. Take us out. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see, I see the stars, I hear the roaring thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior's God to me. How great thou art, how great thou art. And God bless America, and God bless my wife, the saint of saints, and her granddad, big daddy of Idabel, Oklahoma, large landowner and wonderful seer of what the real world was. God bless you all. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night.